Absolute joy to be together again this morning. And uh, I trust that you're doing well. I just want to thank you for letting me share with you because it gives me an opportunity to dress up. We don't dress up these days anymore. <laughs> and so at least when we have to do these recordings, it forces you to dress up a bit. And it also, we try to add a little bit of color to this morning. And that's why we've got a plant there for you. So hopefully you will appreciate that. I want to pray and trust the Lord that we will have a good time together as we just share from His Word. So let's do that. Jesus, I, I thank you that um, this prayer is not about just this recording. This prayer is about the people back at home, wherever they may be, that's watching this, listening to this. Lord, I thank you for every single person. I thank you that you have called us for such a time as this, not just to sit and listen to preachers and sermons, but you've called us for such a time as this to, to be with you and to listen to you and to do what you want us to do, to be relevant within this, Lord God, society that is going through a great turmoil moment. And so I pray that our sharing together today will be helpful for us to um, be relevant, to live out the purposes of God for his people at such a time. So we trust you, Father, that um, the hearers will be able to receive from you, not from me, but from you as we, as we are together in this moment. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So, yeah, wherever you are, welcome. It's great to share this moment with you. I want to ask you to take up your Bibles, and um, whether it's on your iPad or your phone or whatever tablet you have, or preferably in your, your um, written Bible, um, with the pages. I want to ask you to go to John chapter 13. We're going to look at a few things here this morning um, that I trust will challenge us, but speak to us as well. The title of my message simply is, Do You Understand? Do You Understand? And so you'll understand a little bit more as we go through this portion of Scripture. So I'm going to read it to you um, from about verse 1 till verse 15, and then comment on a few things. So just Listen to the Word of God, which is absolutely key for us always in our lives. It says in verse 1, John chapter 13, Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that His hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved His own who were in the world, He loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put it in the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray Him, Jesus knowing that the Father had given him all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments and, taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, what I'm doing, you do not understand now, but afterward, you will understand. Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, if I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. And Jesus said to him, the one who has bathed does not need to wash, except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. For he knew who was to betray him. That is why he said, not all of you are clean. And when he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, Do you understand that 
what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I've given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. just want to read up to there. And please, don't rush out now and think that this is going to lead into a feet washing ceremony. And you don't want to listen to the, rest be, to the rest because you may be held accountable to be part of, of washing each other's feet. So don't worry. It's not about that. It's going to be something a little bit different. And, and it's about this whole concept of do you understand? Because Jesus, yeah, on this last day, I don't know if you know this, but this is within the last 24 hours before he was crucified. Jesus does not turn to his own needs. He turns to others. It's amazing that. In this particular context, we find that whenever people would have traveled outside of home and walked in the streets and the roads and they get back to home, there would be slaves, non-Jewish slaves, that would be available to clean the feet and wash the feet of those people who had been walking out because they had sandals. They didn't have these fancy shoes that we have these days. And so they, on, upon their return, they would have their feet washed. And uh, in this context, Jesus and the other disciples also had seemingly dirty feet but jesus takes the initiative he's about to be crucified but he takes the initiative to um, reach out to his friends and he washes their feet and in this process he asks them this question do you understand i think often we find ourselves in in situations and circumstances in life that we do not understand what's going on i don't think these disciples did Hence, Jesus asking the question, do you understand? July 2007, I woke up one morning clearly remembering the dream that I had. It was a dream in which I felt God speak to me very clearly about traveling to Zimbabwe. I'd lived in South Africa at that time, the city of Pretoria, and uh, felt that God said to me to come to Zimbabwe and to bring food. I had no idea what that meant. If God had asked me the question, do you understand? I would have said, God, I don't even know what I need to do clearly. And so as time progressed, I started understanding more. And now 13 years later, we find ourselves having lived in this nation for 10 years already. Because God progressively helped me understand what he meant then. And so I think... That we are in a similar moment again as a people. That we notice things around us, but we don't understand really what's happening. And the key is not to try to go onto Google and to try and find out what really is happening because you will get all sorts of different interpretations and theories and opinions. And, and that could be very misleading and actually make many people fearful. I think we should rather say, God, what is it that you're trying to show us? And sometimes when we do not understand much, we try to actually, and we should actually, try to find the things that we do know, not the things that we don't know. Because trying to find the answers for those things that we don't know can often cause a lot of turmoil and effort, but rather stick to what we do know and build on that. And, and I think that's what helped me 13 years ago, is to know that God is interested in in helping me find a direction for my life by showing me step by step what I need to do. 
And so when we read this portion and we hear these words that Jesus says, do you understand what I'm trying to show you? His words particularly here in, um, in verse 12, it says, do you understand what I have done to you? I want to suggest this morning that there are many things that we can now understand because of the advantage we have. We have seen, we have the whole New Testament at our disposal. We have been able to read through the whole Bible. And when we read this, we have a fuller picture of what God was doing and is doing. And so we can make certain deductions so that we can say, yes, I understand this and I, and I understand that. And we are really at a more advantageous place than what the disciples were when they sat with Jesus. And so what I want to just share with you, just four things, what I do think we should be able to know today from this portion. And that as we understand these truths, then we can base our life into the future and our steps into the future upon what we already know. Not what we do not know, but what we do know. Don't worry about that which we do not know. Because it's actually for us not to know everything. And there's, there's grace in that. And actually what it brings us to is a place of absolute dis, d- dependence upon the Lord. Say, God, I don't know these things, but I depend on you. This is what I do know about you, and this is enough for me. So may I just share with you just simple, simple things about what we can know from this portion. The first thing I want to say to you is that we now understand that Jesus will never stop loving us. How's this statement from verse 1? Now, this is John, a very close disciple and friend of Jesus, speaking. He wrote this book. It says, Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Somebody that had an understanding of how much God loved him through his relationship with Jesus, could make such a statement. He knew that he was loved. He knew that. And and for us, the thing that we now know today and understand, perhaps not fully, but growing in that understanding, is that God loves us. And he will love us to the end. And so no matter what we are facing and what we're going through, whether it's the corona thing and whatever comes next, because remember, this is not the biggest thing ever that the world has experienced. But whatever we may face in our lives, even on a personal level, you've got to know this. Certain things you will not understand, but you can understand that He loves you. That He is in control of your life. And that even to the end, John says, He loved His own. It's kind of like a random statement. For me, it's not random because it actually comes from someone who understood what love is. Because he felt that so close and so real in his relationship with Jesus. John made this statement not from what others had told him. John made this statement from what he had experienced himself. John actually paraphrasing said this. I can see that he has loved his own. And that he has done this to the very end. I have personal experience of that, John would say. Question we need to ask ourselves is, not what don't you understand, but the things that you should understand and, 
and have knowledge of is God's love for you today. It's not what others are saying about this current crisis and what's being outplayed. Now, what we ought to understand is God's love for us and talk about that to one another. So my question to you would be, what is your comment about Jesus today? If, if John had this comment to be made, random it seemed, but coming from the heart, what would be your comment about Jesus today? Who is Jesus to you? What have you recently experienced in your walk with him? What is he speaking into your heart? What are you fully convicted about regarding Jesus? If someone were to ask you to describe Jesus to them from your own personal journey with Jesus, what would you say right now? Not what others have said and what you've read somebody else write, but what are you fully assured of about Jesus? We're on a journey as a church to help one another to be with Jesus so that we can become like him. And the best advice we can ever give one another is to spend time with him so that you can get to know him. So that your reflection of who he is will be similar to what John writes. He says, I know this. He has loved his own. I'm one of his own. And he's loved us to the very end. And I feel secure within that. I'm actually fine. How's that? How secure are you at this very moment in your work with Jesus? There's a book that I just wanted to show you. I brought it along. It's, it's by a man called Philip Yancey. And he wrote this book about Jesus saying, The Jesus I Never Knew. Phenomenal story about somebody that went and investigated the life of Jesus to almost, in a sense, prove that he wasn't real. And then he found the reality of who Jesus is. And it just obviously changed his life. The more you study Jesus, the more you'll find who he is. And you'll be able to say, I never knew Jesus like that. And we all should be able to say that today. There's more about Jesus that I need to discover. And so may you build your life on that. The thing that you do understand is that Jesus loves you. The second thing I want to present to you is that we now understand in the dispensation that we are in, in this, in this season or this lifetime that we are in, this is what we understand is that Jesus wants closeness with us. Now you read throughout the Gospels. You read throughout this particular portion of Scripture, you see that Jesus loved close proximity with his friends. Something that we are kind of missing out a lot these days, close proximity with people. And boy, I'm already dreaming about the first meeting we're going to have when we get together again. It's going to be like the first hour we'll just be hugging because we've missed out on that for so long. And so, anyway, I think Jesus clearly describes to us an environment where he wants closeness with his people and his disciples. Again, in the last 24 hours before he's about to be crucified, he desires to spend it with his friends. And although he needed time to pray, and that's John 17 where he spends time with his father, we see that Jesus spends most of his last few hours with his friends. Because he knew, not that he needed them, but that they needed him. How's that? Jesus always was there for the people and for his friends. He always stopped for the one. He always wanted closeness. 
They needed to hear something from his heart and, and see him do something that could potentially change the way they live. And he did that. That's why he said to them, do you understand? That I'm spending this time with you. You're my friends. And I, I want to be with you. But there's something else that I want you to see as well. And so, probably the thing that we need to encourage each other most at this time is not to try and understand everything that's going on in the world. But that we need to be close to Jesus. We need to draw close to Him. We need to draw close to His Word. The most important question is not how, how would my life have changed towards others first, during, and after this time we are in. But how would my life have changed towards God? Because that determines how my life looks and, and presents itself towards others. Jesus introduced radical change here in John 13. Something that the disciples had never considered. And he says it to them on the night before he's to be killed. The moment of being with Jesus and many other moments with him prepared them for what was coming. So Jesus, in the closeness with his friends, he prepared them for what was coming. I want to say to you, there's much coming still. This is not the end. But it's so important that we draw close to him right now. Because it prepares us for what's coming. Peter writes about this in 2 Peter 1, verse 16 to 18. You can go read that. 2 Peter 1, 16 to 18. He, he says the following. He says, we were there with him because he allowed us close to him. That's really what he's trying to say. And so we have those letters that Peter wrote because of his closeness to Jesus. And we know that it changed Peter's life dramatically. Again, I want to ask you, how much of this closeness is real to you and your life today? Could it be that we're in this moment of lockdown and slowing down and pausing because God wants to help us to form new rhythms in our lives? I've heard it from so many people already over the last couple of days and weeks that they are finding this new rhythm of just having some space. And I know many people are still working and, and they're not necessarily slowing down, but many people are able to just slow down and find a new rhythm in their life to be with God. Be with family, which is great, but particularly to be with God. I believe that now is a time for us to find those rhythms. Don't go through this time. Well, how long it may be, we don't know. But at the end of the day, may we be able to say, I've come through it, seeing things rearranged and recalibrated in my life so that God can use me for what he has in the future for me. Then the third thing I want to say we now can understand is that it's very clear. We now understand what Jesus wanted clean. We know the story. Jesus went about washing their feet. And as I said, we're not in a feet washing ceremony moment now because Jesus wants something else clean. It's not our feet that he was after. That's why he said to them, do you understand what I have done to you? They're like, yeah, our feet are clean, Jesus. It's like obvious. No, Jesus is saying there's more that I want you to see. And I think that's a danger sometimes with, with following God is that we make certain assumptions and, and we think that this is what's happening and, and this is what God wants instead of saying, Holy Spirit, what is it that you're saying to me? And we now understand that from the story, Jesus didn't want clean feet. He wanted clean hearts. He says, I want to wash you. And we read about it throughout the, the Bible that when Jesus came to forgive us for our sins and 
to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That is a spiritual cleansing. It's not a physical one. And so the ultimate wash is not our feet, but the washing of our hands. We now can know, we now can understand that this is what he intended. That it refers not to a physical ceremony or a ritual. It refers to walking with Jesus and the truth of God's word in us, washing us clean. And this is the key, is our closeness. Remember, they had to be close to let him touch their feet and wash their feet. You and I have to walk closely with Jesus to let him wash our hearts. Those thoughts, those ideas, those intentions, and, and the unforgiveness that we often walk around with, and, and the heartache even that God wants to wash us clean from. He can only do if we approach him through his word, through setting time aside to come and be with him so that he can wash us. I encourage you, my friend. Allow God to wash you. Sit and let him wash your feet. You know what that means. It's not your physical feet, but it's your heart. Hebrews 10 verse 22 says this, Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. That's what coming closer to him will do. Let us draw near, the Hebrew author says. Let us draw near to taste this grace that's available. The last thing that we now see, we can understand from this portion, is where John said the following. And about Jesus talking to us in verse 14, it says, If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. I'm going to say to you, we now can understand that Jesus wants us to imitate him. He was not just coming to present something to this world and saying, Wow, look at me. I'm the master of washing feet. Nobody can do it like I do. He's actually saying, I'm doing this right before I'm crucified to show you how you ought to live. You ought to wash one another's feet. We need to just admit in this. Unless we are touched by him, unless he comes and washes us through his word and his grace and his forgiveness, which Easter talks about, unless we are washed clean, we have nothing to present to others. Not that I can wash you clean of your sin, but I come to present something to you that will enable you to see the grace of God as I love you unconditionally. And he, Jesus uses this incredible example of washing each other's feet, which is a very humbling, very humbling experience and a thing to do. And so he says, I want you to do the same to others. As you come close to me, as you see how much I love you, I want you to allow my love to touch you, allow me to wash you, and so that you can go and be the same to others. It's certainly necessary for us. And this man, Peter, who's here very, very um, involved in this discourse, in this dialogue with Jesus, we see what it did for him, how he 
not only here was allowing God to wash his feet, but later on there were certain things that he needed to be washed clean of. And one of those things were his, was his prejudice against the Gentiles. You read about that in, in Acts 10, where, where God speaks to Peter to go and, and speak to a man called Cornelius, which is a non-Jew, and help him understand the gospel. And Peter's like, no, those people are unclean. We Jews, we don't mix with them, Jesus. Do you not understand? And yet in that moment, he's overwhelmed by God. And I would dare to say that his feet was washed by Jesus so that he can go and wash the feet of a non-Jew, of a Gentile, people that they don't mix with. Many of us have seen Jesus come wash our feet. He does it because he wants to cleanse us but he also wants to use us to help others see who he is. We cannot wash their sin away. We're nobody's Messiah. We're nobody's Savior. But we can represent the Savior by washing, loving, caring, reaching out to people that we otherwise would never have shown an interest in. Because he cleanses our hearts, he touches our hearts, and so we can reach out to others. I close with this. This is what we can know today. Do you understand, Jesus asked them. I want to say we can understand, not because we're better, just because we live 2,000 years later and the Holy Spirit has come to show us things. These are the things that we do know today. That Jesus still loves us. He still cares. It says right to the very end he did that. And the end is not in sight at all. We know that Jesus loves us. We know that Jesus desires closeness with us. That's what we can understand at this time. I want to encourage you to pursue that. Pursue it with all your heart, being close to him. I know from this portion that Jesus says, I desire holiness. Not clean feet, but clean hearts. And each one of us, as we draw close to him and are allowing him to love us, we can see how God changes our hearts and changes our way of thinking and the way that we perceive people and, and this world and that the way that we look at Him and the way we change the way we make decisions and live holy before Him. And lastly, Jesus, this is what we know about Him, is that He desires replication. He wants us to model our lives after Him and after His. And so... Won't you consider these things prayerfully today and over the next couple of days? Maybe go and sit and spend time with God on John chapter 13 and, and let God show you the things that you can understand. The question is, do you understand what I've done to you? Jesus asked his disciples. And I dare to say that there are things that we do understand today of what he tried to show to his disciples, not because we're better, but just because we have so much more at our disposal to learn from and to understand.